My name is Yuri Lowenthal. My name is Travis Sintel. And you are awaited. You are awaited as a Mad Max Fury Road podcast where Yuri and I watch four minutes at a time of Mad Max Fury Road and we rejoice in the seminal goodness dropping from the clouds onto our willing eyeballs and tongues. And we sprout forth uh, amazing majestic brain, wings. majestic brain wings and we fly forth into the galactic awesomeness uh, that is George Miller God and Mad bless, Max Fury Road. God bless America. God bless America and Australia. So this is uh, one of huh? the... Huh? I had... I had forgotten how that this has got to be one of the, for so many reasons, one of the most exciting parts of an already yeah, ultimately you know exciting movie. Had you forgotten the sequence? Because I had no, kind of forgotten, I hadn't forgotten like, how the good sequence, it was. But I had forgotten quite how good it was. Yeah. And I was literally, I was, I was, I was leaning off the edge of the yeah. couch like I wanted to jump up and kiss, <laughs> French kiss the screen. I want to do an impression of Yuri for the listeners. It's do this, it. Uh, oh, God. Oh. That's Yuri watching this sequence. It was just just a series of, like, if if I may say, masculine guttural growls of pleasure and enjoyment. All of those things. I, you know, I take a little more, (laughs) I feel a little more uh, at home making those sounds here Mm -hmm. with you than I do in the theater. Uh, with a crowd full of people, although some of them still you escape. You do that. Those... No, I've seen you. I've seen this movie with you in a theater, and you you I've, grunt. I've never. I've never had a movie. That, well, that's not. Not maybe not never, but but. Not like do you this think movie. it's part of your personal confidence or part of your career as a voiceover artist that makes you comfortable with vocal exhalations? To a larger degree than most people, I think it's I think it's more confidence than. You think than, it's just than, the way you've always you've stuff. always sort of just done that. You're comfortable. I I don't think I was always that way, but I think I've gotten that way, and probably to a certain extent, it is from just performing. It's part of your charm. It's like you like what you like. Fuck it. Yeah. I like the things I like, and if you guys don't like it, yeah. I don't give a I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. As a matter of fact, I like the things I like so much. I'm gonna do a podcast all about this one thing that I like. Twenty hours of Mad Max. Wait, what episode number are we on? Do we um, even know? We're, well, here's here's the thing. Let's see. If we did uh, that was fourteen, and we have three of the seven, so this is technically eighteen, and that's not counting guest episodes. So like twenty. So we are so like twenty. Yeah. It's like 22. Welcome to episode 22. Welcome to episode... That can't be right. Yeah, no. That's, Welcome to... Ev- how, could, how, could, how could anybody do a podcast about <laughs> one movie and we're 20-something episodes in and um, still I'm still talking like, still, like yeah, someone yeah. injected me in the chest. You, you know, know what you are? Dr- you're the kid in high school who loses his virginity and then every time he has sex after that, he's like, I just lost my virginity again. Again, It's yeah. still exciting. Woo, this is awesome. Yeah, right. Sex yeah. is amazing. <laughs> it's still good. Oh the, sad, the sad thing, of course, is that I still have and lost my virginity. No, same. Well, that's why we have a podcast about Mad Max Fury. High five! High top. Uh, okay, so I'm going to give a, uh, a two-sentence overview of this. Okay. And then we can launch into I'm it. Cu- I'm super curious as to what your two sentences are going to be. I, 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 I haven't written them yet, but okay. here's what I think is going to happen. All right, go. Uh, the first sentence is, uh, the, in this sequence, uh, the motorcycle gang takes its vengeance upon the war rig. Mm-hmm. That's it. I did it one sentence. <laughs> that was good. That's right. That's that what happens. Good. Once. So and this here, is I'll, add, I'll add a second sentence then. And in the meantime, Immortan Joe Great. deals, and, and all the gang, uh, the, those gangs, deal with the, the fallen rocks. Great. Great, great, great. Because um, that's because that's a, that's a huge. Uh, there's there's some amazing moments in that. You're yeah. right. Uh, let me let me kick it off with this general statement. We can maybe dig into about the motorcycle gang. Should okay. we name them? We named them last time. What were they called? Goat. Did, oh, that's right. Uh, 
Wow. <laughs> goat uh, boys? Don't remember. Goat, don't goat, remember. Goat, goat, moto, moto goats? Moto goats. Moto goats. It's called, this week they're going to be called the moto goats. The moto goats. <laughs> with a Z. Uh, the Motogoats, so, so we have seen Max and Furiosa escape some pretty aggressive enemies up to this point. They've been through magnetic storms, they've been through, um, chased by the, war the, boys. the tummy pullers, what, what I call them last time? I forget. The, 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 the things that rip the top off the things? Oh, uh, the, uh, the buzzards. The buzzards, sure. Tummy puller buzzards? Tummy puller steam claw buzzards? Steam claw tummy pullers. <laughs> with a Z, uh, we, we've seen the point is we've seen them go through some crazy shit, and then we see oh some dudes on motorcycles, and initially, the thought must be well they've they've gone through much worse. These guys are exposed on motorcycles. Max and Furiosa have guns, right. and they're in a fucking war rig. How bad could it be? How bad could it be? This is the most damage the war rig takes. Uh, Arguably, up yeah. To this point, probably in the whole film, but up yeah. to this point, certainly. Yeah. Um, it is a fucking melee and I love how quickly you think you as and Miller knows this and so yeah. you go from thinking okay well we'll see how this goes to holy shit they're gonna die yeah it also contains uh, one of my favorite uh, pieces of music in the whole film sing it and it's got a lot of you want me to do you want to I sing why don't you give me a taste of okay. it okay um, wow <laughs> wow it's hard because I'm trying to figure out how to get the, the strings and the um, uh and then I lost it. And it keeps it keeps crescendoing and there's strings and and it and it and it all like all this emotion comes into it and tension and and action and it just keeps ramping and ramping and ramping. It is a track that I literally have on my um on heavy rotation on my workout. I yes, I know, like it's not enough that I'm wearing the fucking shirt right now while we're doing the podcast. Um but that yes, I work out uh, to to the soundtrack because Honest, it is so. Uh, personal question, you know what I'm going to ask you here? Go. Have you ever ha- worked out actually in re- in reality? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Have you ever? But if I do work out someday, <laughs> that's going to be part of my workout mix. All right, you've dodged the the uh, real question, which no, I'm happy go. to no no no, no. I'm go. happy no. to let go because it's do it do it. This is we're we're, we're about honesty here, and I I have certainly uh, thrown uh, thrown you under the bus and uh, walked away True. unscathed. No, I'm more satisfied so. with that answer than my actual question, which I think no. the answer must be no to, because you never fucked to Mad Max music, have you? No, no, I've never fucked to Mad Max music. You listeners, I, tweet not, us if you I, have. I'm curious about that. I would love to find out that 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 that's what uh, that that music is is what gets you and your respective other person hot. I had this. Uh, My uh, dick would probably explode <laughs> if I tried to. Uh, I had this CD, and um, I won't say what age, but I had a CD that it was songs that I thought it was funny to have sex to. It was like I want to sex you up by Color Me Bad, interesting, and, yeah. and some Sade. And right. I, I thought to myself, the the criteria for that CD was mm-hmm. if the radio was on and you were engaged in coitus and that's a a song came on that you would have to stop and acknowledge because it was so comically weird Uh that song belonged on the cd did you you ever after that travis centel write a parody version of any of those songs you jerk. <laughs> you jerk. Oh, see what I did there? You did. I crossed over from you your did. other podcast I wish. that you didn't even know I had listened <laughs> I to, know. and I, now I'm calling you, you out. You did. I so wish I had been able to come up with a better example of the kind of parodies that I wrote as a child. I thought it was great. I'm impressed you remembered it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was, so go go listen to his other show. Does your favorite, um, does your favorite movie suck? The, the, in particular, the UHF episode is what I'm referring to. Thank you so much. Um, let's start so, with... So music. We're, we're off music uh, other than... Right. I'll probably but go listen, back to every, saying that this screen, this uh, this 
the score. soundtrack, the score is so epic. Every time you want to bring up the score, I'm pretty down with it, man. This thing, it is of a piece. It is a cohesive piece. It feels like part of the landscape. It's mm -hmm. just part of the film. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing about this film is everything seems pretty interwoven in a yeah. cohesive way that a lot of films won't do. They right. won't They won't take the time to make it work. And it mm -hmm. also makes me think there were multiple, multiple, multiple drafts and versions of the score that was refined and, mm -hmm. and sort of developed. Because yeah. things that feel easy, as we all know, if mm -hmm. you guys listening are any sort of artists, of musicians, writers, things that appear easy and fluid and simple are very, very hard to Usually do. the hardest things. Yeah, too. those take the most revisions, I think, to make it feel effortless and inevitable. Yeah. Um, but the score feels both of those things to me. Yeah. It feels and I, and I, sorry, go ahead. of a part of the landscape, I was yeah. going to say. And, and I will go uh, uh, ahead and also say that um, Tom Holkenborg, a.k.a. Junkie XL, mm. who did the soundtrack, I have, he's gotten a lot of work since this movie. Yeah. And while those scores have been good, and I have liked parts of them very much, they're still not as good as it's this. It's George Miller, man. It's all filtered yeah. through this guy who gets it, knows what he wants, has a singular vision. I know we've talked about this before, but film is a creative... Uh, collaborative endeavor mm -hmm. and but I think it's at its best when you're dealing with a writer-director who filters all those minds and ideas and opinions through one singular vision and then spurts it out on the screen mm -hmm. as, as something cohesive so mm -hmm. I'm I, I it's it's no surprise to me that some of the performances are the best performances some of the, right. the score scoring is the best scoring because he pushes people I'm sure to get a really really solid performance agreed um, let's start at the top of this four minutes and work our way through it now that we've given a nice okay. uh, energetic intro it's it's amazing how well it times out because this four minutes is the sequence is is the sequence yeah it yeah. begins when the the you know uh, that's our fuel you know and they and they start chasing them mm -hmm. and then it pretty much ends with the end of the the motor goats with the destruction of the motor goats motor goats i mean you know it's destruction slash they give up they're like fuck, fuck it. it yeah yeah, yeah it's also, not it's not worth it it tracks the end of the gasoline pod right the exactly fuel pod exactly um, which goes away you, as part of the action sequence why don't you, oh, fuck a really good closure <laughs> yeah. of this action sequence yeah. uh, walk us through let's let's start at the top let's start at the top of this 4 minute sequence and okay. we'll stop and start as we have become accustomed to, to doing to doing we gotta have a thing down now. We episode ninety five of this. We're really it's, right. We're gonna it. be just settling into to almost the end of the movie in episode ninety five. I don't know how we'll we'll stretch it. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So it begins with with uh, the the motor goats taking taking chase. It's so and hard I, to I'm take gonna, that I'm gonna say it as many times Lean as into I can. It. Lean in. And um, yeah, at first, like you said, you're wondering, you know, how much of a threat are these guys? You thought the same be? thing though, right? Like yeah. when you saw, okay, yeah, right. And I think that's intentional, right? And then, much like we've seen for the rest of the movie, each of these you know different gangs has evolved a way of attacking mm -hmm. and a way of defending, and they're and they use their you know the the, the the quickness and the agility, much like a mountain goat would, mm -hmm. um, to to you know to their advantage. Yeah, the basic um, strategy that they engage in, which is so fucking clever, is uh, the first attack that we get is one of the guys because they have superior agility and superior speed. They mm -hmm. can accelerate faster because they're mm -hmm. it's a motorcycle versus yeah. a big rig. Yeah. one of the dudes, one of the mo motor goats, mm -hmm. zooms in front of the big rig. Arm, you see him pull out a little bomb, a mm -hmm. little grenade type thing, a little yeah. landmine land type thing. Yeah. Arms it, tosses it behind him. Pow! Up right beneath the the uh, the war rigs um, engine, and yep. all, and all of a sudden the war rigs on fire, and you're like, right. whoa, whoa, right? Okay, because yeah, and and it's and it's continues to be on fire because it's whatever is in that is like Greek fire. It's like uh, yeah. you know, it's like sticky. It's like napalm or, or whatever you know, you sticky burn. Nerdy 
I, I'm a, I'm a nerdy, deep I'm a, nerd I'm a deep, I, I'm a deep yeah. nerdy military uh, guy. That. Yeah, that's what it is though. It, um, it really catches on fire. And then instead of resting on the laurels in terms of doing that again, that very next attack is someone uh, hits a little ramp, zooms up over the war rig, drops a bomb on drops top. Drops another of one. one. And yeah. now, now we're like, whoa, guys! The war rig is on fire. fire. Like, what are you gonna do? You're inside. Yeah. What, do you have fire extinguishers? No. Yeah, and also it, it, what's great about this film is that. You, you really, again, you really do POV the characters here because I'm thinking while it's happening, well, how the fuck do they defend against that? Right. Like, what the fuck do you do? These dudes are zipping around. There's tons right. of them. You can't swat them. Like, they're right. just around and they're dropping bombs on the top of your head. Right. What the fuck? And you and know now you're also, on fire. And now you're on fire. And because there's it's a landscape that's their home turf, they know where the jumps are. They know where the ramps are. They know they've, they've done this before, obviously. Right. And they're zipping overhead, dropping mm -hmm. bombs and landing safely, getting more bombs, doing it again. Mm -hmm. It seems... It spells trouble for our heroes, is what I'm it, saying. It does, and I want to. This is a good point for to to draw attention to a moment that that when I saw it struck me. And uh, my friend Dave Robson, who is also a huge film buff that I grew up with. Hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. Um, you can uh, after 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 I make this comment, you can you can go and and listen to his uh, his ramblings on film and and things in general. Um, he's one of the most studied people I know in film, in that he's seen all the movies. Um, he's uh, at House of Sparrows on Twitter, um, but when I was talking to him after after I'd seen this movie and he had seen this movie, he said, "This is the moment. You know where where you and I have our moments where we f we clicked in hard. Yeah. Not that not that we yeah, were tuned yeah. out until that moment, but where we saw a moment. You know, oh, it's that shit. moment with the spraying the the, the chrome and jumping into yeah. the. Well, I saw that moment and I'm like, whatever mm -hmm. I'm whatever this is, I'm this is I'm on board. Yes. Um, his moment comes here when they're on fire." And she lowers the cow catcher to kick so up good. sand to put out the fire. So to good. use something that normally would be a, uh, a throwaway production design, you know, that, that the art director did to make it look cooler mm -hmm. as a practical thing, a practical defense. A pra he said that's when he clicked into I the movie at that, at that moment. Such a reasonable thing to say. I mean, I, I, that's one of the moments that I think if you are a person, every time you see it, you're like, fuck, that's brilliant. Yeah. It just feels so smart and yeah. so and not smart here's why it's good i mean for a lot of reasons but one of the reasons i think it's really good is that it's not played necessarily as a clever character beat it's not played as furiosa has an idea and then does it right it's a weary inevitability of how you deal with that type of attack right. what it does is it lends weight age and credence to the world it's a world building beat yeah that that she knows, okay, you know, if the engine catches on fire, this is how you defend against that. There's a, right. there's a book, it, it, show, it shows that this is an old world of conflict and, 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 uh, and battle. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it's so smart, is that it, a lesser movie would have played it, I think, as a character beat. Like, oh, I got an idea, we'll fix it this way. That's not right. how it's played. You, you know what the interesting character beat that comes up in this, which, uh, I, you know, intentional or not, and I always assume that when something is awesome in this movie, of course it was intentional. The wives? But no, in this in this moment with with the Rorig catching fire, then putting it out with the sand, um, in 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 an instant anthropomorphizes the war rig, turns oh. it into a character in that it's on fire. It um it's got these little flaps over the the intake you know uh, yeah. tanks in front that that go down to protect itself from the from fire dust whatever. Uh -huh. And those are down, the sand comes up, the fire goes out, and then there's this push in. There, there are a lot of sort of, in, in this for, you know, I, Jordan Miller does it a lot, um, but it, it's super effective. He does it a lot, a lot in this, uh, in this four minutes. There's a moment where after the fire's gone 
and that the dust, you know, stops. They drop the cow catcher and the dust stops. And then those flaps come open and he pushes in on yeah. those valves and it goes, yeah. like it, it goes, it, it, it takes in that, that breath after being on fire and the Great. sand and everything. And and it is a, it is a very human moment for an inanimate object. That's a great point. I had never I never thought about that. I it's, love that. It's 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 a beautiful. It's it's one of those things that adds up. You know, during this during I think this it has four to be minutes. Intentional. Yeah, I think that has to be intentional. Now now that you say it, it feels like yeah yeah that's that's yeah. It's the first breath that you know it finally gets to gasp for yeah. breath after the fire and the the sand and this poor war rig. Right, Yuri. Poor. This thing's poor really going through some rigmarole. I know. Some war rigmarole. Oh hey. See what you did? I'm trying. Add that to Karmata and Motogoats. <laughs> Motogoats is yours. I'm not claiming Motogoats. <laughs> okay. um, All right. I but you, talk you about... were saying the wives. <laughs> well, but... That's what I thought you were going to talk yeah. about. What you said was far superior to what I was going to say and really smart. And I'm glad you said it. And I have to think more about it. Um, mm -hmm. But the wives, um, I think that, that one of the things this sequence does is show the level of, of depth of attention that George Miller pays to each of his side characters and his, his quote unquote smaller characters. Um, there's a moment where, so Charlie's Theron and Tom Hardy decide to, uh, we're gonna shoot guns at these guys, which mm. is all they can do. This is right. the option they have available to them. They gotta pick them off with bullets. Um, they're limited, they have limited bullets, limited ammunition, but this mm -hmm. is the moment they gotta expend it because if they don't kill these motogoats, they's gonna die. Right. Swap so, them, if you will, because you said. Yeah, swap earlier. the flies. Yeah. They're like flies. So they start doing this. Um, Shelley's thrown uh, uh, pops a, a canister in the shotgun, rattles rattles off a shot, knocks this guy off his bike. Mm -hmm. You know, in a, in a great action sequence. There's a lot of like pretty dope dudes falling off their bike sequences here. Yeah, that, in, in midair, they're shooting must, them out of the air. Yeah, they're shooting people out of the air on their bikes, and it looks amazing. And so at least one of those is fucking practical. For oh, sure, if it, not all of them. Yeah, probably all of them. Maybe comped into, but who knows? Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah. one of them I would I would hazard a guess to saying that, that is... That guy died. No, I was <laughs> no, going to say, no, no. he's sore. Nobody died on this. Was, yeah. Wasn't that, there was a question that came up there, like, did, did anybody... Didn't he say that nobody got hurt on this? I think he said that. Which... Which, is incredible. Yeah, which is, you look at the, the, the stunts that were done in this and you've just got to go, that's good stunting. He just cares too. I'm sure he's yeah. careful with everything. But but they're shooting people off their bikes. There's always zooming overhead of, of guys on bikes dropping bombs, doing crazy jumps, beautiful landing. Shots. Just beautiful stuff. Um, Charlie's thrown empties her uh, shotgun, shotgun and hands it to the wives in the back seat and says, mm -hmm. reload this. She. This is a, I love this moment. I, Actually, I, it was it was the other rifle. It oh, was, you're right. It was the SKS. Oh, you're right. Because I'm nerding out again. No, please. It's like a modified no, no. SKS. Yeah. Um, sh that's the one that gets handed back to um, the, the Splend Splendid. Splendid. Yeah, you're totally right. right. Doesn't right. know what the fuck to yeah. do with the rifle. Yeah, and there's this moment I love, which then gets played up again in a second, where Zoe Kravitz looks at her with kind of disgust. Yeah. You right. fucking innocent jerk, you woman. It's almost yeah. like she's denigrating her herself by saying, "You don't know how to how to reload a rifle. What's wrong right. with you?" Right. So there's there's character story backstory built into that right. moment which is for some reason Zoe Kravitz has been around guns for well, some reason Splendid hasn't you know what her you know what her name is as, no as I well. don't know How capable, do you... capable capable perfect right oh sure yeah, right yeah a little on the nose but <laughs> but they all are <coughs> yeah they true. all are the dag is the crazy one and apparently according to Ian thank you very much Ian Tavner oh is there I more swear to God we'll have you on, on the show wait tell me what he said this, was, this was his most this is his most recent comment he, he loved he, he, he heard us talking about Schlange he said that's Totally on. He says it's not an Australian thing specifically. It is. The, it comes from the German. Um, it is. But uh, but Smeg, Smeg, yeah, Smeg is definitely on. Also not 
you know, necessarily, not specifically Australian. Does he know this or is he saying this? Ian, is this fact? You know what? We'll find out when we talk to him. I mean, listen. We're going to have him on the show. It's a good. I know we keep saying that, but we're, we're really going to work it's this a good, out. It's a good argument. It just feels linguistically reversed to me still. What? The a schmeg who eats schlanger. But, you but, don't want to be dick then, cheese who eats dick. But then, you want to be a dick who eats dick cheese. But then you you got to remember that character is the dag. Dag, he said, in Australian is Australian slang, oh. which means like a fucked up crazy person. Oh. So okay. There you go. She's so crazy. She thinks that dick cheese eats dicks. That's fucking crazy. That's nutso. That's nutso, Gonzo. There's a band named Dag. That's a funk band. Dag, uh, there's a uh, one named Dag Nasty. Oh, we really which, get deep uh, which right may, may or may not be, but probably is uh, from The Dark Knight Returns. Oh. See the the level of nerddom just it just it just it it's spirals with you and deeper. You take one step off the ledge, you're plummeting. I feel like it's yeah. just with Yuri. You talk to Yuri, you're plummeting into Nerdville. Yeah. One way ticket. Whether you like it or not, I'm dragging you down. No, we're here. I'm like uh, I'm like uh, Gandalf, and you're the Balrog. Yeah. <laughs> wow. See, you did it too. Up top. Up top. Oh, oh wait, that was that was, that was a shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just wanted um, I wanted to go toe to toe with the nerd the nerd you, with you. It's but tough. but you crossed over in, into exactly what your strength is, which is the literary side. Ah, oh, God bless you. Um, okay, so. Uh, so the wives. Let me finish right. up yeah. this. Finish up the right. So then, what happens is this beautiful moment where the leader of the motor goats lands on the mm -hmm. war rig. He mm -hmm. has jumped, leapt his motorcycle yep. onto the war rig, landed, and is coming up the war rig. And Shalise Theron is like, "Give me the gun! Give me the gun!" Give me the gun. Capable is not downloading it Capable yet. Capable is fumbling with this thing. Right. And then, so, Zoe Kravitz grabs it. Let me do it. Give me the fucking gun. So mm. she's trying to load it up, too. Capable. Wait. Cap uh, right. Cap yeah. Capable right. is trying she, to yeah, load the gun. Right. Yeah. Now she has the gun. And, she doesn't have time. And she, she says it's not loaded yet. The gun's yeah. not loaded yet. Yeah. Um, and it's this great moment of, of, of panic amongst the wives. And if you look at those, each of the girls, each of the women's reactions in that scene... They're all, it's telling you a lot about who they are in that moment. Some want to rise to the challenge. Some want to fight. Some want to help but can't. Some want to cower. It's, mm. it, it's beautiful character development because, it, you know, they, there's an all adage, if you want to know who your characters are, put them in a situation and stress them and they'll tell you who they are. Well, here we're seeing... I'm going to use that. We're seeing the... Well, you know, I didn't invent that, but, but they're saying... I'm still going to use it. <laughs> take it. But they're showing you who they are here and the fact that Zoe Kravitz wants to step up and be the one to do it, but ultimately can't do it in time. Right. It's very interesting to me. Agreed. So I, I, love, I love that they take this moment uh, to give us some character stuff, mm -hmm. even amidst this, this chaos. And, and also, this is the moment where you really see... You know, they've, they've been at odds and then there's sort of this... This very uh, uh, tense uh, agreement that you know Max and um, and Furiosa have you know to survive, and this is where you really start to see them working in tandem. Mm -hmm. From the moment that he gives her the shotgun when she you know when she gets in, um, which happened just before the, this four minute mm -hmm. starts, um, to the to the interplay where literally there is a shot of she's out out the roof and he's shooting out the window, and it's this beautiful moment of synchronicity where they're not they're you know they're they're totally insane they're a great team they're, they're yeah you we get to see him. immediately that whether or not they like each other they make a fucking great I team i will also say 100% equals in the team no one's yeah. pulling more weight than the other person absolutely here. yeah they're really acting as a as a unit here um, and effectively they're getting yeah. away it's they're, working they're picking them out of the out of the sky um, there is a, a beautiful moment, and we're jumping. We always jump around. Let's we'll just jump, jump around. around. We'll jump around. There's a, there's a moment where there's, there was a beat earlier, 
where when Tom Hardy is getting the guns out of the hiding places, he pulls out a flare gun. Yes. And uh, and that's kind of it's kind of a Chekhov. funny. It's a, yeah, Chekhov. It's a funny yeah. beat. Yeah. yeah. Um, right, because he because he looks at it and you know doesn't even really almost count it among the assets. Yeah, but he just takes it. But he takes it because it's dangerous. He yeah, could, it could be you can shot hurt someone with a flare yeah. gun. Um, so Charlie's thrown. They're running out of bullets yeah. rapidly here, and the gun they, they don't have time to reload, so they're right. emptying the guns they have, tossing and grabbing a new gun out of right. this bag of, of weapons, and Charlie's thrown grabs the flare gun. Right. And uh, there is this extraordinary sequence yeah. where, uh, along with Mad Max, are firing at the same target at this point, I believe. Yeah, um, She are. shoots this red flare yeah. at this guy. And we've seen the flares go off already, so which we know is, what they are. Which is great. We've, yep. They've already been established in the world, of course. The, yeah. Uh-huh. Every, yeah, every car has Every one. little detail. And uh, there is this fucking... It's just, not like a Jaws 2 flare gun to the... Was that Jaws 2? I don't know. Is that... I've never I seen Jaws 2. I want to say, say it was Jaws 2. Anyway, but it's, using a flare gun as a weapon. Yeah. Great, great Maybe beat. I'm, no, it was a Dead Calm. Dead oh. Calm. Okay. Dead Another calm, movie sorry. I haven't seen. I'm sorry. Just, no, I'm sorry. I, hey, we've we've already established either on this podcast or, or another every podcast. Every podcast I Every do. podcast we've ever done that um, I have ceased to, uh, to, to uh, bag on people who have not seen movies that I love and instead realize that I'm so excited that they could potentially experience that movie for the first time. I still got to show you noises off. That makes me happy. I think right? about that sometimes. That yeah, was a I, lovely day, wasn't it? I, it? It really was. It, lovely day. Because I, sh- I got we got to share. Tara and I got to share the Imposters with it. you, so which is good. one of our favorite movies. Which which made a really good um, double feature. Double feature. It was a good with, double feature. With noises off. It really was. Anyway, uh, so he shoots. The, she shoots. Thai food. She, it was awful. We ate such good Thai food. They they shoot the she shoots the flare gun at the rider, and then this. We go. George Miller goes back to the well of the camera under the war rig shot, yeah. And we see this just beautiful series of fire, red flare, sparks. It's all these things happening at one time, intermingled. Yeah. And then these, the, the bike gets sucked up under along right. with the flare gun. Right. And then that that uh, accident dislodges the fuel. Right, because uh, because and this is great. I had you know because I'm paying even more attention. You know. To, to four minutes at a time when we're watching, mm-hmm. he establishes that that guy is carrying the dynamite and is about to do something with the dynamite. Right. Yeah, you see him. You see him yeah, and then of course he gets taken out. The bike goes under the war rig, but so does the dynamite, mm-hmm. and that's what blows the fuel pod. So um, great. Which, you know, and give, giving the guys another reason to uh, the, the rest of the motorgoats to give up. They're like, well, fuck, what are we fighting for if our 3,000 you know, gallons of gasoline yeah. is gone? Like, why would we do it? Like, yeah. why would we go for that? And now it's just retribution. Yeah. The motogoats, if they're anything, they're pragmatists. They're, they're right. <laughs> These motogoats, they're not here to fucking... You can tell. The Tuscan motogoats. It's all prag- pragmatics. Right. They, they know what's up. Um, so, yeah, that's the motogoat uh, sort, so sort, of, sort of side plot Yeah, so there. you've got this, this whole action beat, which is then intercut with, guess what? Holy fucking shit. You've got... There's, there's that beautiful establishing shot, which I, I, I love... Of when when we first cut away in the sequence, to back to the canyon where they've, mm-hmm. you know, where Morton Joe and all his people have have gotten stuck behind this this landslide, um, they they do this beautiful tracking shot up the the mm-hmm. line of sheer you know cars the Carmada mm-hmm. the Carmadas Carmada. that are now trapped the Carmadii um, <laughs> that are that are now trapped at that point and you get to see everything that's there. It establishes the polecats, which are what we're talking about. It establishes all of the different types of vehicles. Um, you know, we get to see the the fucking you know Doof Warriors rig again with all the drummers on it. Which mm-hmm. you know, who could ever see enough of that? I could not see enough of right? it. Right, 
And then we finally see who's the, the first car we really get to, to see when, when it sort of pulls up on it is the bullet farmer. Yeah, the bullet farm guy. Which is a new, which has been referred to. But not seen. But not seen yet. And you might ask, how do we know it's a bullet farmer? Well, he's wearing lots of bullets. <laughs> Everybody's wearing bullets on that rig. Yeah, it's a bullet-laden rig. It reminds me of uh, the crews in Mardi Gras. When they drive by, you instantly know what crew you're dealing with based on what they're wearing and the colors and the... So we, we and, you, and you can take uh, Travis's word for them because he is from Louisiana. I am from Louisiana, you guys. Uh, if you can't tell by my accent, I will tell you by my words. There you go. Uh, but it doesn't it, have an accent. I try not to have an accent. Sorry, mom. Um, there, but but the car that, that rides up—it's a variation on cars we've seen, which is a car on top of another car. That's right. a thing that we see a lot in this world. If I, if I were good at vintage cars, or you know, even cars from the '70s, which I would say that was probably a car from the '70s, yeah. I could tell you what car that is. I would say somebody will. Somebody on the internet. Forty percent of us. our listeners probably know probably what car know. that is. Yeah. On um, top of like tank treads. It's on tank treads, and it's so smart. It just makes a lot of sense, and uh, importantly, really becomes relevant later on in the film. That particular car, right. uh, when they get in the marsh and they have right. to travel over things that get stuck. So right. it's, it's about a the very, only car that's doesn't that could get do stuck. It. Yeah. Uh, so there's all these variations of cars, some all of which have strengths. Um, the leader cars are always built on uh, built up on tiers. So mm -hmm. you have a Morton Joe's car is uh, our car on top of a car. We've talked about it before. Right. There's some sort of special version, Rolls right. Royce or something. I forget. Yep. Um, Bullet Farmer, same thing. And then we see um, the Gastown guy. Uh, come to count the cost guy right he's lower the people eater yeah the people yeah. eater he's 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 not raised up the same amount um mm. which is just an interesting detail yeah <laughs> i don't know and, where i was going with that but he's lower well, than other guys yeah but it is interesting you know hey yeah. you know how high can you get you know, you know Morton jo joe's car is, is jacked up like you know it's like one of those uh monster trucks it's a monster truck yeah, yeah. uh it's like a rolls royce monster truck which right. is fucking super dope right? Do you know what it is maybe is that uh the people eater guy his feet are so um uh, goitered out or whatever, or gout is it gout? Gouted, gouted, gouted out, out yeah. goitered something else. His, it's gouted out. He probably can't climb up into things. Nux sort of has double goiters on his neck. He does. Okay, so that's goiter, and right. then the, the accountant. We'll get guy introduced has to those gout. guys later. Yeah. Um, in any case, the first line we get from the bullet farmer guy, which is a delicious line. Yeah. Uh, is all this for a family squabble? Right. Yeah. That's the line. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. They're all because they've all come together. Um, because, you know, they've, they've sort of, I guess, that you know, they're under whatever agreement they have, they're supporting a Morton Joe. Yeah. But you can tell neither of them thinks this is worth it. No. The bullet farmer doesn't think it's worth it. And then, yeah, and the, the, the people eater. Healthy says, children, healthy babies. Yeah. Ugh, and he spits. Healthy right. babies. Ugh. Right. Because he, he's clearly the least healthy yeah. like, person he in this movie. Fuck. He thinks the whole pipe dream of healthy babies that a Morton Joe is clearly struggling to do, he thinks it's dumb. Right. Like, this is a dumb thing to waste time on. There's no such thing as healthy right. babies. And even if, they, even if they are, fuck it. And look at the resources we're wasting. Yeah, and, and I, I really suspect that since we don't see children, uh, that that this is a very, relatively new idea of a Morton Joe's. He's going to procreate, populate. Well, well we see we see the young war boys. Now we don't know. But those aren't his kids. I but suspect. those aren't right. I mean, those are those are probably people. And if you've read the comic book. Um, what, what is which that? I know you haven't. What is the comic book? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I watched the film. I'm a purist. Um, you know, he this. goes, he goes to, and he he cherry picks, you know, healthy, you know, as as healthy as they can get kids from other families. Okay, as well. but I, but I would, sus I would. They're probably brought as tribute to him. That's well. right. That makes sense to me. I don't need the comic to tell me that. That just makes sense, right? Comic book. But but I would suspect that this plot of his to create healthy babies from his own uh, seed. Mm -hmm feels like a relatively new idea because it hasn't happened yet. 
-hmm. And maybe there, you know, maybe there have been, he's got two kids obviously that we know, Mm -hmm. but those are older. Mm -hmm. They've been around for a while. Right. Um, So I think this is, and the the wives are relatively young, all of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no older wives that we see. Right. And uh, the fact that the bullet farmer is like, oh, healthy babies. Like this is is a new dumb idea by Joe. Right. Joe has this new dumb Uh, idea. Joe with his dumb ideas, growing plants and making babies. Stop it, Joe. Stop (laughs) being so domestic. You know, it's funny. I miss you in the war days, Joe. The way we talk about this, it, it, those other two guys, the you know the bullet farmer and the people eater, make make it more than Joe look like a fucking saint. Yeah, it's true. They're you pretty devilish. You know, yeah, they're pretty dark. Um, <laughs> but I love that what we're presented as uh, in the beginning of the film as a cohesive world with a leader and a hierarchical structure is quickly undercut um, in the service of, a, of building an even greater, larger world by introducing people who don't really like Joe that much, who right. are suspicious of his motives, who don't think he makes the right decisions, who are right. like, well, we said we do this, but we're getting drawn into a dumb family squabble where his wives have run off because he fucking sucks. Right, we're trapped in a canyon. Yeah, we're trapped in a canyon, and this is not a good place for us to be, but here we are, so we'll just go ahead with it. Meanwhile, a Morton Joe is like shouting orders, right. getting stuff up, trying to... It, the plan is they're going to send um, one Morton Joe's car, which is the only one that can cross the rubble. Right. So the arch has been blown by the motor right. goats, and they can't get over except for mm-hmm. a Morton Joe's car. So he's like, I'm going to go after them and chase them. Mm-hmm. You guys start clearing this pathway right. so the rest of the cars can come through. Right. right. And I want to say it, it didn't really occur to me to come clear to me before, but I think, and I may be wrong, that the car that he uses to climb over, um, because that gets wrecked later, is not the car he ends on. So maybe this isn't even his car, but it, he know he gets into it because it's the I car. I think you're that, right. It, I'm, you know, it's I'd have the, to go back. Every and, car has its own because thing. The, the, so it's like, because his the... car at the end is like a Ford Fairlane or something like yeah. with with huge fins, and yeah. this one is much rounder. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, um, let's assume that that's true. That he he moves all his resources to the to the one car he the knows the monster truck. Yeah. Uh, Which he, he he gets behind the wheel of. I mean, it's instantly. his car now. Instant. Well, he's a Morton Joe. Right. And there are those beautiful beauty shots of him. You know, just straight push into his face driving. That the, I, it's iconic. I mean, I want that as a fucking still poster on my wall. I want like, it as a tattoo on, wall. on my chest piece. Look, you've you've had tattoo stories before um, uh, that, that are uh, that are hardly uh, believable. Yeah, it's true. Um, also, and, I call my chest I'm, my I'm, chest piece. Your chest. piece. <laughs> well, and as does a Morton Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm not going to let's just say I'm not going to be making any bets with you anytime soon. That's totally reasonable, especially involving tattoos. I never had to tweet that picture. Because uh, I didn't get enough uh, demands on Twitter. Oh my God! A Do man we... has a tattoo of my face on his back. It's life size. And it's you guys me. don't want to see it. There's still time. It's me as a cat. There's still time. Wow, fuck! It's a terrible tattoo. I'm just. I'm gonna start up a bunch of false Twitter accounts just <laughs> so that I can get, get you to that post in, that. In the, in the atmosphere. Um, so he so, he he, he mm-hmm. heads off over the wall, um, shouting orders back. And well, wait, before he know, does, and yeah. then. We have a cry come up. Uh, who uh, is it? One of one of Morton Joe's leaders has talked to Nux. Right. And he's like, "Hey, Joe." Right. Uh, this guy says he was on the on the war rig. Right. And and Nux in a, in a very sort of depre- you know deprecating yeah. Yeah. manner you know as he's approaching his god. Sort of deferential. Almost yeah, deferential. Yeah. It, was, it was much better than deprecating. Both. Uh, he's, he's self-deprecating and he's right. deferential okay. to Joe. Deferential was the word I was looking for. Okay. I appreciate you uh, bringing that one in. Um, yeah, goes up, doesn't even want to hardly make eye contact. He holds up the scrap of cloth yeah. 
that you know he had been carrying you know that that the you know when he got kicked off the war rig by uh splendid and the gang yeah it's um, splendid it's, it's sash, i believe right? it's yeah, splendid sash yeah, his yeah. favorite wife his favorite sash. wife and in pregnantist wife yeah um, i wonder if uh, how many of the other ones are pregnant uh good question do we know um we just i don't know, I don't know what we do pregnant. we we know for sure that that, that uh, but we can assume that he's been at least trying with them yeah what they a, might they might be gross, oh, what dude. a gross horrible thing um but uh yeah so he holds it up and Joe is like, yeah, this is my best. This is my best bet. I'll take it. You up on you, the up on the, which is yeah. Once again, Nux is like, best up, day yes. ever. Yeah, this is great. This time it'll work. Yeah, fucking Nux. I yeah. love that kid okay, so like, okay, hard. Okay, I'm still in it. I, um, and Morton Joe wants me on his car. Right. He 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 didn't see any of that other shit that I failed at. Nope. I fucked I can up still, everything. I can still pull this out of the fire. He doesn't know that I had them in my in my grasp and let them go because right. I got kicked by my blood bag. He doesn't right. know that. Right. He just knows that I. And then, the and then a bunch of girls beat me up. And girls beat me up and bit me and pushed me out of a war rig. But he doesn't know that. Right. Um, and right after that happens, we get this lovely comedic beat uh, yeah. from Slit. Uh, from the, just, you hear his voice before you see him, right? Yeah. It's so yeah. funny. You should, right. I got his boot. I got his boot. <laughs> I got the blood bag's boot. Take me with you, too. I oh, the, come blo- too. the blood bag. Oh, blood bag. I thought he said the black man's boot, but maybe it was... No, blood bag. Blood bag. Okay. I, I was wondering why they were calling him, the, because he was dressed in black. Maybe they're calling him the black man like... Um, like you, like you would, like you would say, you know, refer to Johnny Cash or like somebody really badass who they don't really oh, understand. Right. But you're right. I think it's the blood bag's it, boot. Yeah, I yeah. got the blood bag's boot. Yeah, take me with you too. Right, and, and they're like, oh, no. they don't even listen to him. Yeah. He's like <laughs> from the back, and then what's they funny even... about the War Boys in general is that Slid doesn't seem depressed by that. He still seems pretty happy. They're generally happy guys. Yeah, they're energetic you gotta puppy love. dogs. You gotta love about them. Yeah, they're they're puppy dog energetic dudes who are just like, you know, we're ha- we're happy we're happy to do war. Yeah, we're here. I got his boot. Hey, right. I want to come. Can I come too? I got right. his boot. Can right. I come? And they're then, all they're all dogs. And of you course, know? he ignores them, and then they drive on. But he, you know, he still smiles. He's still happy about it. it seems. Yeah, like. yeah. And and uh, I know I've mentioned it uh, before when we started talking. You know, when when the, in the guest episode with with Hal, we we talked about what are the comic elements of this movie. Where do you bring in comedy to keep this alive and to keep it going? You know what I wanted to bring up in that podcast, but I didn't. I forgot. Well, My now stomach just made a weird noise. I need to feed you. Clearly. Uh, no, I just had In and Out Burger. Which is a South California institution. Those of you who don't live in California, um, um, and and probably an, uh, a, a curious uh, place for a vegetarian to go and eat. I had a grilled cheese. It was. They make a good grilled cheese. The best grilled cheese, animal style. It's the way you get it. Also, is it uh, with like onions all over it, and it's got stuff on it. It's got okay. secret sauce, which always means Thousand Island dressing. Right. <laughs> Um, With Thousand Island dressing, which is like ketchup and mustard. Yeah, but listen, it's delicious. Also is a bit of a plot point in The Big Lebowski, which we just watched also. Right. For the other podcast. Holy shit. Yeah, we we, we referenced then Life of Brian and Uh Big Lebowski. It's a a recurring comic. It's all coming back. But what I wanted to say about um, uh, Hal's point about comedy was that in intense action sequences, um, directors will give you moments of I don't want to say levity but moments where it's okay to take a breath you know and the first time I was introduced breath is a laugh yeah yeah um the first time I was introduced to this confused me um it's still I understand it more now but it still kind of bothers me in Saving Private Ryan Mm -hmm. I believe 97 is that right that year let's see no I think it was later ninety-eight. I think I want to say Saving Private Ryan was gotta be 97 maybe maybe 99 I want to say I want to say it was 2000 2001. Oh, that feels late. 
I may, maybe, be, I may be, right. to, I may be totally wrong. Anyway, it's, it's somewhere in that four-year period. The internet will tell us. I would say ninety-seven to two thousand one. Okay, done. Almost Great. certainly. Great. Um, there's a moment in the opening sequence which is an unrelenting, just massacre scene yeah. of the invasion of Normandy. Yeah. Um, Horrifying. It's t- it is to this day one of the most horrifying sequences ever put onto celluloid. Thanks, thanks, in, in in great part again to sound design. Yeah, yeah. Choo, choo, choo. Foo, foo. Oh, yeah. There's a moment where they're pinned down and uh, by sniper fire from the beaches, and a guy uh, pokes his head up and gets zapped by a bullet, and he comes down and he takes his helmet off and sees a bullet embedded, a, a dent in his helmet that he's just been shot in the head by a bullet, but has survived. He looks to his friend like, wow, I survived being shot in the head with a bullet. And then he gets shot in the head by a bullet. Yeah. The first time I saw that in theater, uproarious laughter. I didn't think yeah. it was funny. I didn't laugh at all. It was very terrifying and sad or whatever. Um, but I went back and saw that again in the theater and I just understood that it wasn't that it was funny. It was that people fucking needed to laugh. Yeah. They needed... They, they, didn't, they didn't think it was funny either. Some of them probably did, whatever. But it, it's that uh, my body has Those to make a noise. Those people are sociopaths, yeah. Probably so, yeah. But my, my, it's, like, it's like the tension is so great yeah. in my body. I have to release this somehow and just get it out. And it just comes out as a laugh because I don't know what else to do. Well, think of how often people laugh in horror films. Yeah. Because sometimes you've just fucking gotta. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think. I just saw Green Room, which, which, which there are some moments of unrelenting horror that I, I had me squirming in my seat. Um, but there are also moments of comedy, and in the darkest, if you can, if you can do that successfully, you win. Yeah. Because that is that is the way to do it. Yeah. I mean, and all those emotions are tied together. I think this catharsis that laughter gives us is also connected. I think to the catharsis of like, of like, um, you know, uh, of of breaks between action beats or those caesuras between things, which is we've learned what from was that doing caesuras. Yeah, breaths or pauses. Oh, wow. That's I new, think it's a, a music term. It's a new word for me. Oh, I think it's a music term, but it means oh. like a pause or a breath. Great. Between. Um, but the, the movie has these, and we've learned that by doing this four minutes at a time, that there are individual sequences separated by brief, very brief breaths. Yeah. Where we get to take a second and go, okay, here's the thing. Anyway, yeah. all that is to say, I wanted to say that last week about comedy in Mad Max, mm-hmm. and I forgot. Uh, but so, I'm glad you brought it up. Thanks for letting me say it now. Certainly. I feel and, really good about it. And, and something that George Miller does really well is even <coughs> though he gives you the, the, the breath, hmm. he makes sure you know that it's you've only got a breath. Like he yeah. establishes, even at the end of this, where it's like they get away from the motorgoats. But they also establish that Morton Joe is right behind them right. as well. You <coughs> Directly know, like behind them. Yeah. Which we'll get to the ending of the sequence in a second. Yeah. But I want to say before we move on to that about Slit... Uh, all the comedy Let's here's talk character. about slit. Uh, come on our podcast, dude. Josh, is what I want to say. It. Um, That's, but you can it's say a, it. It's a character-motivated comedy beat. It's it's shtick because it's about the boot, but that's only funny because we understand slit. It's only right. funny because we know Slit is this puppy dog guy who wants to be liked. He wants his God to like him, and we, we project a little bit of Nux onto him. He's like a dumber Nux, in a way. Right. And he's just like, guys, 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 I have the boot. Right. Can take dad, me, can I dad, come? Dad, dad, yeah, dad. Yeah, dad. So, you know, it's just a nice character-motivated comedy beat that I think is really uh, great, and I love it. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Anyway, so, yeah, how does so he sequence... gets left. he gets yeah. left behind. Nux gets taken on, on board with, the, uh, Joe. With, with Joe. We see Joe's car... Come over the, you know, come over the other side of the rock, so we know he's he's right behind. And at one point, we see, we see him, him right behind, right behind, yeah, yeah. Uh, or close enough so that you can see him. Which, which leads is us way to too the close. dramatic finale of this four-minute sequence, which is the explosion of the, of the fuel, fuel the fuel pod, which gets zipped off the road, gets dislodged by the bike, has the dynamite underneath it, all the stuff that we've, t- we've covered already, blows up, and this extravagantly large—it's three thousand mm-hmm. tons or gallons, gallons, yeah, gallons. Three, that's too much. 
3,000 tons is way too much. That's, I don't even know how much a ton it's, of gallon, gallon, it's gasoline. 2, gasoline 2,000 times 3,000. It's too many pounds. It's, right. Anyway, 3,000 yeah. gallons of gasoline. And, uh, and it explodes in this beautiful explosion that then a Morton Joe just rides through. Right. Yeah. It's such, it's such a cool scene. And it, yeah. I feel like has to be practical. Gotta be. Right? Well, I mean, you have actors on top of that car. You have Rictus yeah. Erectus on top of the car manning some sort of machine yeah. gun turret. Yeah, or a flamethrower. It's a, it's it's a flamethrower. Flame What's interesting yeah. about this, too, this, this um, chase sequence coming up, is that uh, Morton Joe's in a little, little bit of a pickle here because his precious cargo is on that war rig, so I can't really blow it can't, up. Right, right. So he has to somehow disable the driver here. That has right. to be the goal. Right. So it's a little bit of a tactical chasing coming up, we have to think. Right. Also, what the movie has cleverly done is isolated all of our main characters in one, into one chase sequence. Now it's just a Morton Joe and mm -hmm. Nux and mm -hmm. Rictus Erectus and the other kid, mm -hmm. right? Is he still in there? No, he stays no. back. He's no, back. Right, yeah. But yeah, Rictus Erectus, a, a Morton Joe, Nux. Um, a couple of other guys. A couple of warrior dudes um, um, chasing all the wives, Max and Furiosa. So through just plot mechanics uh, and clever use of space, uh, George Miller has isolated all of our main characters in this two-car chase sequence all of a sudden. Genius. Going from a huge, a massive Carmada chase sequence to just our main characters one-on-one, mano-a-mano, down the desert. How could it get any better? I'm glad you asked that question, Yuri. I'd like you to tune in next week where we tell you precisely how it can, in fact, get And better. does. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of business. Uh, I would love it if you guys would continue to tweet at us uh, and tell us where we get, what we do wrong. Um, really? How we can fix ourselves and be better. I want other people to check in on this schmeg and schlanger thing. Not that I think this is wrong. Uh, it just feels linguistically weird to me. And I, and I want more people to, to comment um, on, you know, actually, I haven't checked the iTunes. See, once again, we, we zero in on how terrible I am at, at podcasting. It's, well, you, you shouldn't have to bear I the brunt of the that. I check the Podomatic I don't even uh, do that, Yuri. Comments, but, well, because they email me. So I know, I, but I, I rely on email. you to tell me when people comment, and I don't But I got to look to see on iTunes if, if anybody's even uh, tuning in on iTunes. In I, case, I would like to believe that's the case. Please subscribe and stuff. Please post, please subscribe. Um, tune in next week because we're going to do a special guest episode with a friend of mine who is a uh, very talented, very smart, very funny female screenwriter who believes that um, Mad Max is not a good film um, and is in fact an anti-feminist, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but I believe she believes it is an anti-feminist film in certain ways. Um, so we're going to have her on to sort can of... I, can I admit, I am fucking terrified yeah, like, I'm nervous to do that about episode. It. I'm nervous about it too uh, for reasons I guess we can say in front of her, but I, I don't want to have someone on here to fight with him. I think she is kind and smart um, and I'm nervous for two white men to talk about feminism with a smart feminist. Right. Uh, maybe we are not good about it. You know? we, we, we could very well not be good about it. Um, all I know is that I probably won't change her mind, and she probably won't change well, I hope we don't She definitely won't change to. my mind. Yeah, and I don't think it'll be about that. Anyway, yeah. we'll, we'll let that... Uh, be what it is. Tune in next week for that. And as always, please continue to share and to, uh, to be kind and uh, you know, spread the good word of Bad Max in the world. High five and... Uh, uh, rather, uh, V8. High five V8. We're, do the v five We're v doing the V8 right now. The V8. You know, it's not when you're on a podcast holding your hands up in the... It doesn't, because you don't get that. We're doing it. Any case, my name is Travis Sintel. My name is Yuri Lowenthal, and you are awaited. <laughs>